Content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. The views and opinion expressed from host and caregivers are solely given based on the experiences of the individuals involved. Because each person is so unique, always consult your physician, physical or occupational therapist, or medical and fitness advice. Are you struggling to help your aging parents or disabled spouse to do everyday personal care tasks? Are you concerned about them falling or you injuring yourself? What is the task that is so difficult for you to help them to do? You are not alone. We can help. Finding a Foothold is a weekly podcast show that invites you to call in and tell us your challenge. Here, you can receive practical tips and strategies from an occupational therapist. And here is your host, Consuela Marshall. Hello, this is Consuela, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Finding a Foothold. And this is the podcast where caregivers can call in and get questions answered concerning their caregiving struggles. Get some answers and some insight that can make caregiving a little bit easier. And today's podcast is inspired by a call in from Linda. Linda called in from Texas, and in hearing Linda's call, it, rem- it reminded me of struggles that I had when I was caring for my mom. And it's often a scenario that I encounter as I do home health therapy. And that is, what do you do when your parent is not listening <laughs> to sound advice that could keep them safe in the home? Well, Linda, when I heard that call, it just took me right back to that time and my personal life when my mom's health was declining. She had had a stroke and was for a while unable to live in our home at all. And she was in my home for for a short season. I would say she was with me for probably two months. And in that time, she was able to gain some strength and participate in therapy with me at a, a local clinic. And she got her strength back and wasn't quite where she needed to be, but she was homesick and ready to go back home. And she was at a place where she could do it, but she needed a little support from my sisters and it really worked out and she was able to go back that particular time. But we'll fast forward now three or four years later. My mom has now had a second stroke. And with this stroke, she had much more weakness on that same right side and just not able to do things like she needed to. She was holding on to every piece of furniture in the house, but yet refusing to use the walker. And in some cases, she couldn't use the walker in her home which was my childhood home, because there was so much stuff everywhere. And yet she refused to move things out of the way, take things out of a room that were not needed in in an overcrowded room. She really didn't want to change anything. And it was causing problems for her. And she went along in that manner, I know, for a couple of years. But me living here in another city, I would hear of the challenges that she was having from my sisters and and just the countless times of her falling. 
Thankfully, she never broke a bone, but she did eventually bruise some ribs one time and another time she had injured a knee and she hobbled with that for a while. And she, in, in those times when she was really debilitated, she would allow my sisters to come over and do more things for her. And she would, um, you know, limit how much she would move. But, you know, there are drawbacks to that because then she was getting weaker. And so we saw this going back and forth for years. So Linda, when you called in and said that you're waiting by the phone listening because you know she's going to fall again. That's the story and that's the life that my sisters lived as they were caring for my mom in the same town that she was living in. It was just a matter of time. When was she going to fall again? I mean, I made countless trips to her and just trying to rationalize with her and and just understand, Mom, why won't you just move this out of the way? Why why won't you use the walker? Why can't we get rid of some of these throw rugs? And look, they were not the good throw rugs. I mean, there are really no good throw rugs when you're using a walker. But look, these were the bad ones. These were the ones that had no rubber backing on them whatsoever. And our kitchen had a linoleum floor. So just picture a slippery rug. And, you know, they were one of these slippery rugs. They almost looked like a pattern, a weave pattern, a multicolored rug. I can just picture it. It sort of reminded me of a potholder pattern uh, that you know, we used to make as children. We had this little potholder making um, kit. When my mom had a rug like that, it was slippery. It was like ice when you um, when you stepped on it. But she and she had a couple of them. She had one in front of the sink. She had one in front of the stove, and she would not remove them from the floor. Well, needless to say, she had many times where she would slip. She would catch herself, catching herself and, you know, just saying, well, I know where those rugs are. I've had those rugs there for years and I'm not moving them because I like them there. And that's sort of the way she was until the big fall in the time when she did bruise her ribs. And it was so painful for her. So on one of my trips home, I just removed the rugs, you know, and for me, I knew it was time. She was not listening. She was not, she was not budging. And even with the fall, I think at that point she realized that we were right and she was wrong, but she was just too proud to say it. But it, the time had come. And, you know, at that point, while she was still in the hospital and we were preparing, preparing for her to come back home, um, I, I removed the rugs. I mean, it didn't take long for her to realize they were gone when she came back home. But at that point, we had drawn the line that, no, the rugs had to go. And sometimes you just have to step up and make those calls. And Linda, you just, you will have some of those calls that you have to make in certain situations where you cannot just let things continue. Things progressed in her as the months and probably years rode by. We did so much to try to keep mom in her home by herself. Me being a little long distance, I did things over the phone. I think she had a near fall in the tub. I don't think she ever fell in the tub, but it was the time when I'm like, yes, we're getting 
the tub bench. You're not stepping into the the tub to try to sit on the little chair in the tub anymore. And you know, it's just, it was just time out for that. So we were able to do that and she was receptive to that. Now that was the biggie because that was the a big issue was making sure she didn't fall into the tub and, and the hazards with the rugs. Oh, there were many, many, many things that were just what I call just a therapist nightmare. The things, the the clutter. It, it wasn't in the such as uh, in the sense of trash, but just clutter in the sense of stuff. And I'll tell a little bit about my mom. My mom was like the garage sale queen. She loved a good garage sale. She loved a good deal on something. If it was a dollar and it was in decent shape, she bought it. She didn't need any of it. You know, her thing was, I bought this because I thought one of you all would need it. And I'll look at it. I'm like, mom, no, thank you. No, thank you. Don't need it. It's cute, but don't, don't need it. And you don't need it, but she would never get rid of anything. So things just started to get uh, a bit crowded, a bit just tight. There was, I mean, the one part of it is, yeah, she had a whole lot of things to hold on to in, in some rooms, but in other instances, it was so tight. There were tripping hazards. It was just too much stuff. And then as she began to have a lot of knee pain and couldn't walk as much, she did, you know, go to using a wheelchair in one room where it was, she could roll from the the den to a part of the kitchen and then she would stand up and cook and do things like that. But then it became a, a, a question of can the wheelchair fit through certain areas. And luckily we grew up in a home that had huge bathrooms huge doors that um, accommodated the wheelchair. So that was a plus, but getting her to be safe was still challenging. Getting her safe was always a concern. And so I'm just setting the stage for using my experience and I, then let's move to the experiences that I've seen in the houses of other clients. You know, my mom's situation, it, was, it wasn't unique. And I use her as an example when I'm speaking to other children who are caring for aging parents. That it's hard when you're the one presenting the information to your parents. They don't want it to come from you. Partly because you're the daughter and they are the parent. And that is one of the reasons my mom was resistant to me. And that's the reason why parents are resistant to their children. I believe they may realize that we are saying things in their best interest, but they don't want to hear it from us. And doesn't that sound familiar? (laughs) Just think back in teenage years when they're telling us something. You know, in a sense, we, we know that they, they were telling the truth when they were telling us not to hang out with certain individuals and seeing that certain individuals were just, they were just bad company, bad influences on our life, but we just didn't want to hear it from them. You know, it's sort of the same thing here. It is that parent daughter 
parent-child relationship that has its natural tiffs. And this is, you see all of those natural tendencies that occur in life filter over into caregiving all the time. Those same personality traits, those same things that happen growing up, you know, they surface themselves as you are transitioning into a caregiving role. With this, I want to caution you when you are seeing things that need to change in your parents' life, and that you do it cautiously. When you are talking with your parents and you're identifying things that need to be done, different approaches that you may need to take. So let me start by giving you the first approach. And that is always do it gently. No one wants to be told what to do all the time. And so when you're seeing things that are just not safe in the home, making suggestions is always the approach to take and using a gentle tone. And and for me, I can say a lot of these things now and I didn't live close enough to my mom to gently approach the issues. Although I tried to do things over the phone, it was just that when I was in town and I saw those things, you know, just being too abrupt with them, you know, was probably the reason why she put up a lot of walls of resistance. So to guard against that, I would definitely approach things with kindness and gentleness by suggesting things first. That's always the approach to take. And and just maybe saying it in the context when they are occurring, like, Ma, I noticed you just tripped over the rug. Let's just look, can we move this out of the way for now? Or look at getting a different type of rug to go in that place. You know, or even just showing up with a up with a rug that you know, we don't want any throw rugs when you have walkers, but one that has a, a rubber backing is definitely a safer option. And maybe just surprising her with a new rug, say, look, this matches your kitchen or just some kind of way that looks like a gift. Those kind of ways and you know, just approaching it from that manner, just see if you can get her to buy into the idea that this is just something better is an approach to have. And maybe it can be received a lot easier because what you want to do is guard against the walls coming up because when they come up, they are up and it is hard to break through because then now they are on defense mode. They're in the mode of they're coming in and trying to change my life and control my life. So the first approach that even I use as a therapist when I'm going into a home and I see a hazard is, you know, I'll ask, have you ever considered this? And make it into suggestion. Don't you say, look, think about that and we'll talk about that again later. But, you know, I, I would really see if we could maybe uh, make this type of change in the home. And a second approach is having it come from an outside person coming in and making the suggestions. And uh, you can ahead of time point out to the therapist some things that you have concerns of and have them approach them in a manner that they can probably be more receptive to the therapist making those suggestions. And the plus in that situation is the therapist is not the daughter and they are definitely can be more in line with taking a suggestion from someone that they may view as a professional who knows what they're doing versus the daughter who really doesn't know a lot or 
As my mom said, <laughs> said to me, you're not my therapist. You tell that to those who don't know any better. I know what I'm doing. And, and she did know a lot of things and she wasn't stiff neck about everything. She did have some things that I would, I would suggest. And she said, you know, I already thought about that. And those were the moments I said, yeah, I think that was a good idea. I, I, I'll agree with that. And let me help you, you know, make that change. And the other approach is just talking to the doctor. Sometimes taking that office visit and having and slipping a note in to the doctor uh, may do the trick. Where the doctor goes through a list and just ask how things are at home. That would ask, they will ask, have you had any falls? They'll go through a list of questions, a, a fall risk assessment that may just cause your parent to think, hmm. You know, and look, and one thing I do know, my mom will often make a change and but she wouldn't change it while I was there. I'll come back and I will notice that something was moved or something was done differently. And, you know, I'll comment on them like, you know, sometimes I'll comment on it, on it and say, Mom, I'm glad you moved that. I like that over in that location that looks a lot better. It makes the room look bigger and, and definitely not saying, oh, I told you to do that and, oh, that looks better over there and you should have put it over there a long time ago. You know, that that's not the approach to take. So uh, just guard against doing, having that type of response. And my, my least favorite thing, but the thing that you have to do sometime is you've just got to go in there and make the changes. And that's a tough one. And it, it's going to go back to what was that relationship like when you were both younger. Some parents, you know, you already have that relationship that you cannot go there. You cannot just do that. And it will cause a separation from you all where uh, there's a big fight. The patient doesn't even want the child back over because they tried to come over and take over their home. We are, I'm not advocating that, but I am advocating that someone use good judgment, but taking in consideration your past history, that is so important that you stay within some limits that you know you shouldn't cross. But with for my mom, uh, when we put our foot down as sisters, when we came together as sisters, when we got firm with her, she knew we were serious. When we said, this will be the last time you fall on the floor and have to call to have someone pick you up. When we used that tone of voice with her, she knew we were serious and she complied. And it made things better for her and it made things much better for us because we worry, we're concerned. We don't want her on the floor. We don't want her in pain. Uh, we wanted her to remain in her home as long as she could. But then there, there did come a time when home by herself was no longer a safe option. And we had to make some very hard choices. We had tried the in-home caregivers she didn't like it. She always had concern that someone was stealing from her or she thought it wasn't worth the money or she didn't see the value of someone sitting there waiting to help her. She says, 
I don't need anybody sitting here watching me. I say, well, mom, they're not just watching you. They're there to help you. And they're doing other things around the house to help you out. They're cleaning. You're, you're, you know, they're keeping the kitchen clean. They're helping to cook. You know, but my mom didn't want to relinquish a whole lot of those things other over to other people. So it, it definitely became a struggle. It almost seemed like as we were putting out one fire that it was causing another fire. And it, it came a time when we knew we were at the end, that it was the end of her being home alone. So I, I'm hoping this is causing you all to think, to think about things that are occurring in your life, taking care of your parents who are still at home, It's making you think about some things that you can do in the home to change the home, to make it better. Some suggestions that you can give to them. Some people that you can invite into the situation. Uh, You know, you can even have a friend to speak to them and say, hey, my daughters did this in my house and this helped me. You know, things that they can get, they can receive from other people a lot easier than they can receive from their children. So consider those options, but always know that they're may or will come a day when home is not an option for them anymore, is no longer the safe place to be. So thanks for tuning in today. And just know that things can be done. Things can change the situation. Little adaptations in how they live at home by themselves. There are devices that can be purchased. There are on-call necklaces. There, There are equipment. There are just other things that can be brought into the situation to make the situation better. But it does require the cooperation of your parents to make it work. And I want to invite you to reach out to Finding the Foothold. Check out the consulting page. Schedule a free consult where we can begin to talk about the struggle that you are having in caring for your loved one. Get help in getting a plan that will work, that would extend your parent being able to safely be in their home alone. Reach out. I would love to help you. So thanks for tuning in. And just like Linda who called in today, I want to challenge you all who are having a struggle and you just want to hear someone else's take on it how someone else handled that situation just call in i would love for you to reach out to this community thank you for tuning in to this episode of finding a foothold i am so glad that you tuned in today and i invite you to subscribe to our podcast and also i would like for you to leave a review of this podcast so that others can find our podcast And also join in this wonderful caregiving community. And if you have a question that you'd like to ask, I invite you to visit our website at findingafoothold.com and using the call-in button and leaving your question. And I also invite you to take advantage of our free 15-minute consult session where we get to discuss in more detail your caregiving challenge. You can find this podcast on all of the major podcast streaming sites. I invite you to follow us on Instagram and I thank you for 
tuning in this week. Have a good week.